Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to our latest vodcast. And this will be uh, a talk I gave in the University of Vienna this past week at the uh, European College of Radiology. And uh, it was on the role of mobile devices in radiology and beyond. And I focus on the iPad and uh, what we're doing and what I think people can be doing in terms of practice. And that's what I'd like to share with you today. So when you think about it, the iPad literally was... Uh, shipped about three years ago, just under three years ago. And it's somewhat amazing how much of a transition device it is. Now every other company beyond Apple is making some sort of mobile device. People use mobile devices, whether it's in kindergarten or fifth grade or high school or college or in radiology. Now it's interesting when you thought thinking about mobile devices, what was its real thought process behind it? And perhaps maybe the thing you looked at whether it's free apps or paid apps through the Apple Store. Uh, you can look at things like Angry Birds, which always seems to be number one. But is it a device that's really made to play games, or is it an educational device? And I think the answer is probably both. And we focus on radiology. There are many apps, and these apps seem to be growing. There are several hundred apps in radiology. There are about 9,000 apps in terms of medicine. And apps are becoming more frequent. In fact, every journal these days has an app. Uh, things like Netter have taken some of their basic material and have made it into an app. The Merck Manual is now going online, and they're going to have apps as well. And even things like CTSS, we have four apps from quizzes to composites of our lectures to imaging of the foot to contrast and the like. And also apps, as you can see here on the left, Singo via web viewer, which allow you to look at 3D imaging or look at all of imaging in general. And so the whole idea about apps, developing specific apps, here's the four apps that we have on CT is Us on the Apple Store designed for the iPad, it's become a way of moving information around. It's a true source of information. And now with more experience, people are defining and designing specific applications that take advantage of the technology of a mobile device. Now, I've given talks like this in part before. And when I did a talk just in May, so less than a year ago, there were 181 articles on PubMed if I typed in iPad. And if I typed in just this last week, it was now 249. So you can see how fast things are growing. And if I typed in the iPad and radiology in May, I would have gotten a total of seven apps. And now, or seven articles rather, and now there are a total of 18 articles. So even from a scientific perspective, there's been significant progress in how people are thinking about the iPad in terms of its use. And if you look at things this past month, AJR went live on the iPad, their new mobile strategy, and you can see the ability to pull up articles, pull up the entire journal and read it in a very simple way, looking at images, linking to PubMed, just significant um, advantages compared to classic uh, journals. And I would have no doubt that probably within three to five years, the AJR in most journals will only be electronic. And as I mentioned, Merck Medicus is online. It, you can look at it very nicely on the iPad. And you could see it has JAMA and Lancet articles. It has a CT collection, actually. And we're helping provide the images for that CT collection. 
RSNA News. The RSNA also is addressing this issue. This article from this past summer, Mobile Apps Gains New Ground in Radiology. And in that article, and you can see the cover, and here's the images we gave for the cover, uh, we speak about many of the thought processes we have where this entire process is going. Now, if we take it and go from just journal articles or content for learning, uh, we move forward into things like perhaps using this as a workstation or the equivalent of a workstation or surely at a minimum a viewing station. The big challenge has been the FDA since they've considered it to be a device. And it's interesting, the FDA has not looked at image quality. The FDA has not really looked at how accurate you are. Their concern focused more around what if you use an iPad by the pool and you couldn't see the images and you looked at the images incorrectly. It's interesting that the FDA does not get involved in your reading room with your monitors, whether the monitors are good enough, but on the iPad they got involved. And so people who are developing applications for imaging have developed some sort of tests that allow the user to make certain that the environment they're in is satisfactory. But of course it's a safety feature, but no problem, but it's kind of funny that no one's been looking at image quality and accuracy. Now, there are a number of different iPad imaging apps in the Apple Store, and you can see some of them here. And the one we've had experience with is the Singo Web Viewer, which we've helped develop. Now, if you go to the Apple Store right now, this very moment, if you stop the lecture, you can download this app, and you can actually use it and test it. It's a free app, and um, very easy to use, and there's about 30 or 40 test cases which you can actually interact with. Now, if you're outside the U.S. and outside North America, you're really lucky this week because last week, the newest version, which is just a terrific version of Single Web Viewer 2013, was released worldwide outside the U.S. Uh, you can see the date, February 27th, and it expands the quality and the capabilities and the profile from PET CT to different layouts, higher quality, faster speed, many different features. And again, uh, in the U.S., it's waiting FDA approval. But if you're outside the U.S., uh, you can get a hold of it. It's interesting that you can't log on to, like, the European iPad store if you're in the U.S. They really do control things that way. Now, what we do with the web viewer, you have an iPad. Now, can you process everything on the iPad with the A6 processor? Probably would be a bit slow, so we link it to a server, which is a number of NVIDIA boards. And with that, we're able to, using some of the proprietary CUDA kernels running on the GPU, we can do volume rendering and MPR and MIP and all the 2D manipulations you want. We use no downsampling. You're looking at 512 by 512 images with a load time of 1,000 slices in under 5 seconds. There's no downsampling, and you're always looking at high performance of at least 10 to 15 frames per second. Now, the iPad, interestingly, particularly the new Retina display, really is a high-quality display. It's 9.7-inch LED backlit multi-touch display with IPS technology. Look at its resolution, 2048 by 1536 at 264 pixels, which is probably better than most workstations most people will look at. Its height and weight you're familiar with, it weighs about a pound and a half. Uh, there's a new version, which is the Mini. And the Mini is much smaller, obviously, only about 0.7 pounds, so about less than half the weight. It's a 7.9-inch digital display. 
Again, a high quality display, not quite the quality of the Retina display. It's 1024 by 768, but I've looked at images on it just to make a test, and the image quality is really superior. It seems to be far more than you need to look at routine images. What's nice about the iPad technology is you can develop things that are very simple. So on the web viewer, you can see all the modalities you can look at, CTMR, Angio, PET, X-ray, and the like. And what you can do is customize the settings to meet your needs. So you can look at, for example, on CT, what view do you want to see first, 2D or 3D. I tend to like NPR. You choose the thickness and orientation. You can set up all the parameters, and you can do that for CT and do the same thing for MR. So regardless of what technology you're looking at, you can customize it to make it the way you want to see it. We then We'll go into the program and you have a study list and you can set up the study list by day or a week or a month or you can just simply search by patient's name or history number and then in the classic version you have a large single display so whether it's the coronal view or 3D volume rendering you can see the nice display and if you look at the bottom you can see a series of five buttons and the thing about this is the, the system is used by both radiology and non-radiology, and so training would be a great difficulty if you needed to have extensive training. With the buttons, you simply press a button. So for example, orientation, it gives you in 2D and 3D the different perspectives. Presets, obviously, are the different presets we typically use, though one can adjust the different parameters. And then there are other buttons that provide other functionality. On the new version, you have a better display. You can make it one-on-one, -on -one, but you can also have it as three-on-one. And if you simply touch any of the smaller boxes, you can go from coronal to sagittal to axial any way you wish. And if you flip the perspective, you can see it very nicely here as well. You can look at the single view. So here we can see that you have a coronal view showing you a duplicated collecting system on the left with a stone at the junction of the two ureters. You can see that there's no compromise in quality. I would say the quality is essentially the same as looking at a workstation. And you can look at this in MIP, or you can look at this with volume rendering. I'll show you this case of focal nodular hyperplasia that we did on the uh, iPad hypervascular lesion, central scar, classic feeding vessel, very nicely shown, and I'll show it to you across of different perspectives. So just a very, very nice example of Foconage hyperplasia, and here it is in 3D with MIP imaging. You can look at any type of data set, so whether you're looking at runoffs, and here it is with dual energy, with automated bone removal, look at the quality of the vascular mapping, or cranial, where you do bone removal as well, and now you have a CTA of the carotids and intracranial circulation, and here it is with a couple more perspectives. And as I mentioned, it's not limited with a new version by the uh, data set, as you can simply do MR as well. Now, uh, I would love to show you this working, but we can't show it live on the web. So what we'll do is recommend that you download and test it out yourself, and you could do your own demo. So just go to the App Store, download it, it's for free. Now, I mentioned before the importance of quality. Well, one of the things to recognize is a device like this is only good if it's accurate. And there have been a number of different articles. Here's an article on emergency CT of the brain, which showed image quality to be similar to monitors. Or here's 3D navigation during lung segmentectomy, where the iPad was successful. 
And here's another article comparing iPad versus secondary class monitors for looking at MR spinal emergency cases, where the authors conclude that the iPad performed with equal diagnostic accuracy when compared with the secondary class LCD device. Or this article talking about discrepancies in CT and MR reporting from on call. And again, the only limitations in this article, which was from Singapore, was that the software they used. So, of course, simply having an iPad is not good enough. It's the iPad with the right software. And a most recent article from Elliot Siegel at the University of Maryland showing that the iPad, when looking at plain films and diagnosing the potential of TB or not TB, very funny title, uh, was equally accurate. Or this emergency uh, CT of the brain article talking about satisfactory identification of acute findings on emergency CT brain exams. The tablet display potentially represents a device which makes remote interpretation more feasible. And the authors concluded that as we see advances in software, and again their limitation was software, tablet technology will assume a major role in provision of expert radiologic opinion to remote sites in the acute setting. So this comment really takes the point and says it's not just looking at secondary capture, it's not just giving a consult here and there, it's not just the referring clinicians looking, but it's everybody as a primary source. So again, very important. Uh, this article from Hopkins, I think, was critical. We looked at PE detection using a mobile device, the iPad, versus a, a typical monitor, and the accuracy of both was indeed the same. And you can see the comments, CT interpretation on iPad enabled accurate identification of pulmonary embolism equivalent to display on the PAC system. And again, you can see the importance of this because in the fact that it's the same quality means that we're able to use it routinely. And I think that's going to be a very important part of how we do things in the future. Now, if you look and say, what else? What else can we tell you about our experience? It's not just a radiology use case, but it's our referring physicians, it's PAs, it's genetic counselors, for example. For GI surgery, oncologic surgery, for example, our experience there has been the ability to review cases routinely during the day. At home, they can prepare the next day's operations by reviewing the studies, and then critically reviewing studies directly with the patient. So this became very important. And the bottom line, our surgeons tell us, it saves them more than an hour a day in terms of time. They can go home an hour earlier. As a radiologist, we use it in a number of different ways, from a teleradiology system, looking at cardiac and PE and consulting, to a review station where I can look at large volume data sets very quickly, to consultation device, to a portable post-processing device. And when you get past radiology and surgery, our genetic counselors use it to show images to the patient, similarly in the pediatric population to review images with the patient's parents. And you can see the quality. If you're looking at cardiac CT, the ability to interactively analyze the data sets in 2D or in 3D become very, very critical. Now, are there limitations to mobile imaging? You need network connectivity, so you need, uh, whether it's wireless or having uh, AT&T or Verizon or some method like that. Now, with network connectivity, it's very simple. 
It's gotten better everywhere. If you're traveling, my recommendation is stop at a Starbucks or McDonald's. They have terrific Wi-Fi, and you'll be able to get all of the connectivity you need. In my experience, the only place that has poor connectivity is the Amtrak. When I go visit my kids in New York, and you go from Baltimore to New York, the gap between Baltimore and Philadelphia has the world's worst connectivity. But beyond that, whether it's on uh, an airplane, using wireless on an airplane, or it's being in Hawaii or being anywhere else, uh, very, very simple uh, to, to, to be able to use the technology. Now, some questions and some problems. Everyone mentions security. Well, security is an issue for all of us, but the device does not store the images on it, and so if you lost a device, there is no risk to patient information, as you might think about on a typical PC. Someone asked me a question in Vienna. Was I concerned that referring clinicians could have the same information that the radiologists have? Uh, that issue has been an issue for many years. My uh, answer was you need to be the best at using the information. And then, in fact, it helps you because referring clinicians have access to the information, but that gives them more questions and your role becomes more important. If you think your role is only because you're able to protect the data and other people can't see it, then your survival is indeed going to be in question. I think the iPad helps us not be a commodity, but extend our reach beyond the, to patients and to referring clinicians. Uh, one challenge might be is uh, availability. I think the issue is now you have your iPad, you're available 24-7, 365. You always have the information with you. Now, for some people, that is great. To some people, perhaps, it's not such a challenge. Uh, it may be something you don't want to do. So again, you have to figure out what you're willing to do and what you're willing not to do. Technology is no longer going to be the limitation. Some questions, will the iPad replace traditional workstations? I don't think so. I'm not sure I would want to use the iPad for 50 or 100 cases a day, but it supplements it. Can it have all of the applications, or is it limited to just axial imaging? I showed you the multiplanar, and I showed you the 3D. You also can do PET-CT uh, with really good mixing of the different data sets. In fact, on the iPad, you can do more than you can do on most workstations. And if you want to, catheter angiography or real-time ultrasound will also be things that are available on the iPad. In terms of future directions, I don't know where things are going. I gave this talk a few months back and had uh, this roadmap where I thought iPads were going. And interestingly, uh, most of the big things were done, new processor, smaller screen. I think Siri is going to be a major uh, component of the new iPads. I think Skype, the ability to use and consult remotely, will indeed be very important. Questions about competitors to the iPad? No doubt Samsung, Microsoft are pushing their technologies along. I think at the end of the day, we'll have to see what is the best device. We tend to favor Apple at this point and probably always will. But again, the big thing is mobile technology. And my talk really is mobile technology, how it's changing things. It's interesting, companies like Apple have really addressed the medical issue, although Apple is not a medical company, nor does it want to be. It does have vertical integration really interested in the medical market and helping across the educational components as well as the imaging components. Again, focusing on the tremendous security that the iPad does have in place. We talk about education. There's no doubt uh, 
from an educational perspective, the ability to have all of your information for looking at patient data and being able to look things up, whether it's learning, whether it's Google, whether it's PubMed, it's a very exciting uh, opportunity. The ability to access knowledge, the ability to collect information and save it, whether it's through things like Dropbox, you can use the iPad to present the information at a meeting or multidisciplinary conference, and it's a great way of really revolutionizing education. When you try to think about where things are going and how I think the radiologist needs to think about it, remember last year Isaacson wrote this book about Steve Jobs, then he wrote a summary in Harvard Business Review about the real leadership points about Steve Jobs, and I really like that article which had all these icons. But I think for the radiologists, these 14 icons are indeed very important. We need to focus on what we do. We take responsibility for all of the imaging, so the iPad only extends that responsibility. We need to really uh, push for perfection, engage face-to-face -face with our referring physicians, understand the big picture and the details, know what we need to do, and again, I think it's very exciting, and it's really just one more change in how technology is impacting the practice of radiology. We look at it as an opportunity, not a negative. We look at it as a way of moving forward, uh, not simply retrenching and trying to uh, build walls around what we do. And with that, have a great day.